All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AOC Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another cracking interview with special guest in Young New Zealand star on the rise, Ryan King. Thanks for taking the time, mate, and how's life? Ah, oh, thank you. No, it's good at the moment. Um, just getting over injury now, so not long now till we um get back on the bike, and it should be good when we're back on the bike. Give me something to do. <laughs> yeah, mate. Just before we get started on your season and how everything's going for you, how did you do the injury, mate? It's sort of a prime example of the brutality of motocross and just how fickle it is, mate. Just one false move and it's a few weeks off setback, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a little crash and just I come back from Europe, and it was just. You know, just one of those crashes that didn't really happen, but did <laughs> and lost the front and just apparently put my wrist down. Didn't think I did, but it's just a little fracture. So we'll be back in no time. Yeah, certainly reminiscent of the Simon Langenfelder one after Spain when he won the GP train and then, you know, in the next couple of days and then, you know, out for a month plus. So it's just savage, isn't it, mate? But yeah, I wanted to actually talk about that VRT EMX 250 deal. Obviously, one of the elite teams in the paddock with two of the elite riders in Rossi and Zanke. So awesome opportunity that, mate. So just wanted to ask how that came about and, you know, how was it? it must have been a pretty amazing experience. Those guys are no joke. They're super fast. They're on it, pinning it. And I guess it's a pretty tough situation for you coming in you know, new track, new environment, new bike, new everything, mate. So I guess awesome just to test yourself and give it a crack and must have been a really cool learning experience and you must have sort of gained so much knowledge from it as well. Yeah, it was awesome. That team, it was amazing. Best experience I've had in riding motocross before and track was awesome. Jumps are cool. It was just so cool. It was um, it was definitely a bit intimidating going there and seeing all, all your heroes racing and but. It was awesome. Bike was cool. And just those two riders under the tent, they were super nice and just super fast. It's, it's incredible how fast they go, actually. <laughs> yeah. And But it's definitely definitely hard coming from New Zealand. But, you know, I was still a bit jet-lagged on race day, so that's no excuse. But just I've never really been overseas before, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's jet-lagged, you know. You just get over it, but... That's that's real. <laughs> yeah, mate. Look cool, mate. I suppose in, in motocross, you've got to take all those opportunities when they arise. So it's super cool, mate. And just that track's obviously one of the favourites among, you know, MXGP and all the AMA guys say they love it when they come to Nations or when they watch on TV, they say they'd love it there, mate. So what were your favourite, you know, parts of the track? And it must have been cool to, to air it out in those sections, mate. I don't know, not too many blokes in the 250s popping that quad, but pretty awesome track. The landscape, the layout, everything was just so cool, mate. Yeah, I seen I seen someone hit the quad in front of me in practice, and they <laughs> they cased it like big time, and I was just like, mm, I'm gonna stay away from that. <laughs> so it's tripled every lap, but yeah, there wasn't many people hitting on that 250. That's for sure. But oh, oh that corner after it was all the ruts that was super mm. cool. Yep. Just just the ruddy corners I actually liked because there wasn't actually a lot of ruts on that track. It was kind of it was kind of flat this year. Mm. So, but it was. The layout was awesome and cool jumps, you know, like the finish line jumps, the triple before it and table after it. That that section was super cool. What were sort of some of the key takeaways from the racing? Obviously, you scored points, which is pretty cool, like just coming in fresh, mate, racing in Australia. So that's something to take away with and, and learn, I guess, the fitness, the intensity, the staying power, the starts. It's 
all a complete package. And if you sort of miss out one of those steps in those races, the higher you go in the levels, it really bites you, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, well, my, my starts were shocking. <laughs> it was just, I don't know, I just couldn't get off the gate. and I was struggling, I was probably a bit nervous too. And But yes, first motor was kind of like a mid, probably maybe like 20th place around there start. Just rode, I rode all right in the first race, just didn't fade or anything. So, But then the second race, I was almost dead last off the start, which was <laughs> not good. But it's... um. If you don't get a start in those classes, it's just, man, they're so fast that you can't. Everyone's so fast from first to fortieth that you just have to get the start, otherwise you're you're buggered pretty much. Yeah, it's brutal. And that track, I think they were expecting some rain, so they didn't quite, you know, do the prep they would have. So that's why it was probably it was a bit hard to pass. A lot of the guys I've spoken to were saying like Jack Chambers and Speeds. It was not like a normal Madeley. So once you're you know buried back there, it was really hard to make up time and. Did you find that too? Mm. And it was pretty cool to race against Ryan Alexanderson, obviously an Aussie. Obviously you're a Kiwi, but a couple of guys that race in Australia. It's just cool to fly the flag for your countries and do everyone back here proud, mate, because a lot of people got eyes on you and supporting you. So it must have been cool to have a sort of familiar face over there as well as your dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the track was hard to pass, I thought, and it had to be a mistake from someone in front of you or you just had to be way faster than them. And yeah, it was funny because in the first race, they come down to the last lap and I could hear the, someone behind me. I was like, man, who is that? And then, of course, Ryan passed me on the last lap. I was just like, you're joking me. You go all the way over the other side of the world and then <laughs> you're racing the same guy on, on the other side. But, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to be able to race with him and it's cool that he was over there doing it as well. So, Yeah, cool. Obviously tested himself in those ADACs and, you know, looking forward, mate, you'd probably want to get over there, whether it's EMX 250, ADAC, British Championship, anything you know, in the future, be pretty cool, wouldn't it, mate? So obviously, uh, you had mentioned yeah. you were going to stay in Aussie for next year. So, what are the sort of future plans? And I guess it gave you a nice taste of what you want to achieve, and you know, the work that needs to be done to get to that high level because it's massive, isn't it? It's a big step, even though the Australian series is super fast and there's so many good kids. It's just, I guess, another level and another character chase, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely. We were we were close to doing one of the. I think it was the last round in of the German Championship in Dritz, I think. Yep. The same one. We were close to doing that, but it was just we couldn't quite organise it. It was just it was like a Thursday, and we were we were almost almost there, but we couldn't quite organise it. So we didn't end up doing that. That would have been cool to do, but obviously it would have been sandy and, and tough. But you know, throw on the deep end, right? And then yeah, just Australia next year and MX two, so that that should be a good challenge. And then that's about it. We're not really sure what. Just see where it goes after that. Just opportunities come up right so yeah so you just let your performance do all the talking isn't it Mm, yeah that's the one yeah cool mate and obviously having your old man over there he's obviously a legend a lot of people would be knowing him 96 world champion so it would have been cool for i guess you guys to catch up with a lot of people there's a lot of people probably still working in the paddock know you guys and i guess want to see you succeed and just happy to catch up mate so it would have been pretty cool having the old man there showing you the ropes and i guess some of the knowledge he can impart onto you must be invaluable you know from everything to you know, how to deal with the travel to the bike skills, the technique, everything, mate, it must be so awesome. Yeah, it's good. He's, he knows so much and just like everything he knows about pretty much. So you just ask him a question, he'll tell you everything. So that's good. But it's for sure he, he knows pretty much everyone in the paddock. So you're walking, walking through the paddock and 
you can't get anywhere very fast because he's always talking, but always got to catch up, right? Yeah, mate, absolutely. I suppose you don't know when you're going to be back next. And obviously extended the trip out and went to the Nations. Obviously, you guys were helping out the Team NZ. They did the country proud for sure, mate, Harwood Scott and Cooper. So, yeah, pretty cool effort, mate. Must have been a buzz, massive atmosphere there. It was all happening and busy weekend, no doubt, but must have been pretty cool just to sit back and look at the hills and look at the racing and just see absolutely elite level of it all. You obviously had Rocks and Lawrence. The depth was massive. So many heavy hitters. So how was the weekend from your perspective? I guess another chance to learn so much and just to see how crazy those French fans are because they're absolutely wild nutcases, aren't they? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because I didn't... And Dad was saying, like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be the most nuts motocross nations you've ever, ever seen. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, it was, it was just going to be... I was like expecting people, but I wasn't expecting that. It was just over the top. But it was so cool to watch, and the boys did awesome. Like all three of them rode unreal, good starts, and you know, it obviously, it would have been heaps of pressure for them because there's a lot of people to watching on you. But yeah, they rode, they rode good, and it was a good, good environment in the team. Like all weekends, so it was cool. That nah, looked cool, mate. And obviously, I've spoken to Harwood pretty recently, and obviously after his Washougal effort on the privateer on the two stroke, so it's pretty cool what he does and. Obviously, it capped off his year nicely. He did so well in the Australian series, just pretty much works full-time, comes over and races in Aussie. He's always around that top six mark and even better in Coolum. So pretty cool way to cap off his year, mate. So, yeah, just you know, I guess you could learn a lot from a dude like that, just pushes himself and wants to, you know, still loves his racing and is just chasing the dream because that Nations was pretty cool, mate, because, you know, you maybe you don't know when the next opportunity comes, but it shows you just keep putting in the work in, you keep sacrificing, and some pretty cool things come your way, I guess learn lessons from him and your dad and like Cooper as well. So, and also Scott for the future, I guess Brody Connolly obviously did so with the nations last year. So there's some good young kids, mate, to learn from and sort of grow the sport together, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, like James went over for those two races in Europe and Brody's been overseas and all these people are going overseas now. So they're coming back to New Zealand and well, Brody's probably not coming back to New Zealand, but like, Flynn Watts has been to America and all them and he'll come back come back home and he'll lift lift our level back up again because it's it's been a bit it's not, I wouldn't say low but it's definitely not the level like Australia is compared to you know, like back in the day when dad used to go there and he'd turn up there and win all three motors and like no problem, but it's just yeah, a COVID thing set us behind or everyone behind a long way, but it's just taken a bit to get out of it and we're coming back up now, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, there's definitely some good guys that have paved the way in the past, like your old man, his brothers, Coppins, Townley. So do you have much to do with those guys at the end there, Coppins and Townley? Obviously, Townley's young blokes are racing, so they sort of help you out where they can and have a good relationship with them? Yeah, they're all good. Um, yeah, so they live about four hours from where we are, so catch up at the races. And yeah, they're, they're going to be Levi and Jagger on on real good progression right now and they're looking good so they'll be in the next for sure yeah mate and you're going to do a bit of racing over the summer back home once your injury's healed up is that the plan do some pre-season racing you know in australia as well or just see how it all plans out nothing's set in stone yet or you'll be heading back to australia with the zero zero elite training crew with nathan crawford obviously puts the boys through the paces there elite setup really professional and you know, that's the kind of, you know, benchmark they can set for you so you can chase all those guys like your Tanties and Crawfords and Barham. So what are the plans leading up to next year, mate? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll race in New Zealand. 
So I'll race Summer Cross, which is uh, that'll be the thirtieth of December. So, and that's just like a yearly yearly event that we have. That's pretty pretty big, and it's a cool cool event. So, usually most of uh, top top riders are there, like James Scott, and I don't know if if Bodie and all them might come back over and do them. And then there's another one in end of January, Woodville. So that's that's like an awesome event. So that that's so cool. And then it'll be our nationals after that. So we've got four rounds of nationals. So that'll be a good lead up for Aussie. And I I think Aussie will be in between those. So it'll be more racing for me. So that'll be good. Yeah, I definitely hit the ground running in 24. It should be a pretty good step and obviously, you know, give you a good level to head into MX2. Just looking back at your season last year, I guess, how was it for you as a whole? A few ups and downs, a lot of learning, a lot of experience gaining. It's no joke that MX3 class provides some really entertaining racing. You guys are always on a pretty close level. So how was it from your perspective racing those guys and having another quality year under your belt, mate? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like apart oh well, the first three rounds are a bit <laughs> a bit interesting. But um after that it it got good and season started to come on strong with like it was Maitland. Was it Maitland, Gilman, Toowoomba? Yeah, those those rounds were all the tracks started to get good after that, so it was super cool. And I probably wasn't where I wanted to be over the first six rounds. I just wasn't riding as good as I was. And I just, like, I thought a year before, because obviously we went over there the year before, and I was like, I was sort of around that, I think I was eighth at QMP, and then I was like 15th at Coulomb or something. But I was expecting to go there the next year and be way further up. But obviously the level improved like a crazy amount and I was, wasn't where I wanted to be. And then went, went back over to Aussie for the last, before the last two for six weeks. And then, yeah, I was training for with Jeff Leesk. So he was a huge part in my improvement. And I was living with him and a friend of ours in Byron Bay, so in between the two and... Yeah, so I trained with him for three weeks. I think it was, yeah, well, pretty much six weeks, but three weeks, just him, and then I jumped on Crawford's program for sort of the last three weeks. And what Jeff did to get me like, all my technique and everything sorted, and then I jumped on Crawford's program and just elevated because, you know, you're riding with um, Nathan and Tanti and Barham and Ryan and all these people, and it's just lifts your level so fast and, your sprint speed and all that and your fitness. And then, yeah, the last two rounds, my, yeah, my starts were terrible at QMP. I don't know what, what was up with them, but I felt like I could have been way further up with my speed and fitness. But then Coulomb starts were better, just a couple crashes and second motor was good. But, yeah, the last two rounds were definitely my best and and I felt like I improved a lot. So that was that was cool to see. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good to see the progression you put in the hard work and then you get the results. It's always good to see. And I guess it gives you an insight into the, you know, the mindset you need, which is, you know, it's a brutal sport. So you got to, you know, like Nathan's always saying, you got to be accountable, responsible and just have, you know, immense commitment to it all. So that's always cool, mate. And obviously you're doing that. You're taking every opportunity. You just want to be the best you can be. Is it a bit of a challenge balancing living in New Zealand, racing in Australia? Do you find that a tough thing to do during the season, mate? Do you think that, you know, you hear about, guys like Max Anstey saying if you have a really strong base that's that extra percent to you know get to where you want to be does you find it hurts your racing at all or you find it's just a challenge you embrace um coming from New Zealand 
like obviously we have to fly over there every every weekend which isn't it takes a bit out of you flying that's for sure and it's like it's almost a whole day of flying or half a day of flying so it's because we because we have to fly to Auckland and then we go again so it's, it takes a lot out of you and it's just waiting around all day and then organizing stuff because you know you're not not on a team so you don't have a truck or anything so you have to do it all yourself which is which is fine but it's definitely not easy coming from New Zealand but you know it's a it's a good challenge and it it probably builds you up better so when you get on a team you know it's it's almost straightforward so yeah that's a good approach to have mate because like it builds your character and builds resilience and you know once you get that factory ride where all that stuff gets done for you you really appreciate it because you've been through the tough times you know now you know how good it is you know to have that stuff and you can just focus on yourself purely rather than all this outside stuff that you know like you said mate it sort of learns your skills how to deal with all these different setbacks and adversity when you're doing it yourself mate Mm. so that's pretty cool. And with the schedule in Australia, would you like to see more rounds, more than eight rounds? Obviously, we've spoken about it on some podcasts on MX Vice in the past about, you know, maybe it'd be good to have 10 rounds of motocross and a few more supercrosses. Just obviously everyone wants more racing. It's a logistical nightmare. But would you prefer to have, say, 10 or 12 outdoor rounds just to get more experience and to grow the series more? And how do you find those seven-week gaps? There was one of them in there. That must be pretty hard as a racer to because you're obviously always putting yourself out there at risk. You want to keep the fitness high and you still got to, you know, pin it and do the odd race here and there where you can, but it must be a bit of a challenge as a race having almost two months off in between a season. Yeah. I think more rounds would be, would be awesome. Cause as you said, that seven week break, they can, you can put two rounds in there, no problem or even more. And cause we're, we're all training and riding anyway. So you're, you're fit for the races. So it shouldn't matter if you need seven weeks off. So it should it should be more rounds in there, but it's it's still. I mean, it was good for me having that seven weeks because I could go over there and and train and all that. But I think having more rounds in between that would be better for the sport, and it would be better for everyone really because then they have then they can race instead of just practicing, and you know it, it definitely lifts the level even more. Yeah, well said. Talk of the Caleb Barham recently, obviously he's done the privateer thing and then got on the team. And, you know, he said, you know, just obviously the traveling is pretty killer because obviously a lot of the time you're there on the Friday and you don't do too much on the Saturday. It's sometimes not at all except for those two-day weekends. So it would it be cool, would you be for putting some more racing on the Saturday or having a few more, you know, a qualifying race like they do in other series or in the ADAC where they have three motos, you know, all points scoring one and that kind of thing. Would you be for that or maybe get some double headers going just to get more racing. Is that something that interests you or you're happy with the current actual race day format? I guess that's a way to get more racing in without having to logistically stretch people quite as far, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. the Like the Coulomb format, how they do the qualifying yeah. practice on Saturday. That I think that's pretty good because then you can just go there on Sunday and just practice and race. and Or what they did at Toowoomba, how they had the, the two separate practice and qualifiers. I think that that's probably the best way of doing it on a, like in a one day, because, you know, especially for us, we come from New Zealand, we come to a different track that we've never ridden before. And it's, you know, probably been the bike once in the week and, or sometimes haven't. And then you just go on the track and you get 10 minutes of practice and then 10 minutes of qualifying. To, but it's, it's a good challenge. That's for sure. But it's it would be nice having two separate sessions like Toowoomba. That was that was awesome. But yeah, whatever it is, it doesn't doesn't matter too much. 
So yeah, I guess right. one thing being from New Zealand, you're probably happy there's no rounds in Western Australia, mate, because that'd definitely tack on <laughs> rounds. But I guess there's so many good races that come from there. So it would be cool in a way, but I guess it's just for the, the mm. streamline the series, it's got to be all on that eastern coast. And is there any tracks in Australia you'd like to see on the calendar? Obviously, Coolum will be leaving, which is sad, but is there anything that you know, from your perspective or racing or hearing from people that would be a good option to get on the calendar or even replace Coolum. Any thoughts there? Mm, I don't actually know many tracks in Australia. Yeah. I think, I think Ted said Conondale is a cool one. Yep. Right. Conondale. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know many other tracks really. <laughs> It'd be cool if yeah. they could combine the uh, Aussie and New Zealand series like they do with a few other sports, but uh, that'd give yeah. you a good boost, mate, give you a bit of a alleviation of the travelling on the weekends. But yeah, I guess yeah. with so many European listeners and USA listeners, I guess, just tell us about your story, how you got into motocross. Obviously, I'm assuming your dad, your family was a massive influence, but just tell us about some of the key milestones and I guess when you realised, was there a certain point that you realised you want to do it, become a professional and really chase the dream to do all you can to make that happen. Yeah, well, I started just like everyone else does, having fun on a, on a 50 and then just, you know, just moving up bikes, 50, 65, 85. But it was it was always fun. It was never results. Like, it was never results till I was about 15 probably. Just always be, just go to a race and it would just be like, come off the track and be like, how fun was that? And you'd be like, stoked. And if you weren't having fun, it would be like, why aren't you having fun? So that it was it was always fun and yeah, just we didn't really start racing a lot till I was maybe fourteen. Like we'd do we'd just go to the odd race or whatever. But it was and I was never really anything special. So <laughs> and then yeah, just when we started racing and I kinda just got better and then was sort of fifteen, turned fifteen and then I got way better. I went from like way back in the pack and juniors to sort of inside the top three and then just got better and then we went to Aussie and then yeah it's just been super sharp progression which is good and I, I guess when I decided I wanted to do it was yeah maybe when I was 15 and I actually could see that I was could actually ride a bike now <laughs> and yeah I just decided yeah it would be super cool and we went to Aussie and did those did that one round after coming out of COVID, did that one round in Mackay. And gosh, I I wouldn't have qualified if someone didn't cut the track. Yeah. Like I, I I qualified I think I was like forty one or something and then someone got docked because they cut the track and I got in and I was like, no idea how I got in. But anyway, and then I was and then I was like twenty second or sixteenth in the motors or something and I was kind of like, whoa, I'm I'm a long way off. But then went back in, later in the year and I was kind of way further up. And then I was kind of, and then that was like, oh, okay, I could I could probably do this. So just, yeah, ever since then, just worked at it and just keep getting better every, every week. And that's just about it, really. No, nah, it's pretty cool, mate. Obviously, do you feel any sort of pressure and weight of expectation with the old man? And I guess he's probably pretty good you know, advice that he gives you to manage all the situations you come with. You feel any of that, mate, or you just take it in your stride? Um, not not really, but I guess when I went to Europe, I did feel that because you know it was uh all these media posting stuff, and I was like, that's never happened to me before. And like, I'm just normally you go to a race in New Zealand, and it's just 
turn off on Saturday, race on Sunday, and nothing gets said to after it or something. So yeah, that was that was probably the one time that I actually felt it. But apart from that, not really, because it's just he's just always just have fun and yeah. Like now, obviously, it's a bit more results based, but that's that's us too, being hard on ourselves and or myself, and then yeah, it's just fun. It's just as long as you have fun and you, you know, as long as you're riding to your potential, he's happy. If yeah. he if he sees you riding like an idiot or something, <laughs> then he'll then he's not happy. But if you're riding good and to your potential, then then it's it's all good. No, it's a good perspective, mate. Obviously, the fun side of it's really important. Obviously, I was talking to Max Spees last week, and he was doing, uh, you know, mountain bike racing last weekend. He loves, you know, doing some stuff on the two-stroke, and he wants to do some freestyle motocross. And you know, he said it's not really the same if it's not fun. So that's like key to remember that because obviously it's a brutal sport. You can get pretty burnt out, sort of worrying about all that, mate. So it's cool you keep it like that. And I guess growing up, who were some of your idols? Obviously, we spoke about those Kiwi lads that were heavy hitters, but did you look up to AMA guys, MXGP guys, Hurlings, Geyser, Tomac, Roxon, Dungey? Who were sort of you looking up or idolising growing up? Yeah, I reckon it was um, it was Ryan Dungey because he was just always consistent, always there, just hard work and that was about it. Just let his results do the talking right. And then Tomac has always been a favourite. Yep. He's another one of those dudes that's just hard work and let the results talk and so those are probably two guys that when I was growing up were like were my idols and just to see them ride and and how how smooth they are like Dungey he's just he's just always there he's sometimes he's not the fastest on the track but every weekend but then he's got championships and it just shows how mature he is and how much he's worked at that and made it happen so that's that's probably one of my idols. Yeah, it's a great point. Obviously, with Tomac, someone like, you know, he manages the races and weekends if he's not feeling it. I guess similar to Prado, he just knows what he can get on that given round and just keeps turning up every week, obviously, and getting the job done and compiling the points because, obviously, yeah, so many injuries in the sport really badly this year, so many guys missing. So you just got to be there, and that's a pretty cool lesson. Dudes like that obviously have a Tomac with the Achilles. That was just a freak thing. He was on the way to glory there, and that was just horrible. Yeah. It sort of still amazes how that happens, but do you sort of, you know, look at Jet Lawrence and, you know, obviously a Kiwi, but, you know, not far from Australia. How special is he as a talent, mate? Obviously the mindset's phenomenal, the skills are phenomenal, the technique, everything. It's a complete package. You guess, do you look to him now and like Prado as well, just with the smoothness and how they're just so connected and I guess it makes it look easy. It's almost impossible to replicate because it's just the fundamentals are there and they've worked at it for so long, but pretty cool guys to look up to and just analyse, isn't it? Yeah, I Jets like nothing you've ever seen before. He's just incredible on a bike, and like watching it, nations are just like blown away because he hits a corner twice as fast as everyone else, but looks twice as slow. So yeah. it's yeah, it's incredible how he rides a, a dirt bike and inspiration to everyone. That's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And with you being a pro, obviously everything goes into it. You got to sleep, get your nutrition, get the diet. Everything's got to be right. Get the work on and off the bike, the physio. I guess that's something that Crawford's program teaches a lot too, because they have those partnerships to develop all that. Is that sort of another step that you realise that you know how professional that program is and what it takes? It's got to be a multifaceted, I guess, all-encompassing program. You've got to be pretty much dedicated every minute of every day. So 
that's pretty cool, mate, to follow in those yeah. lessons because a lot of blokes, you know, even James the Boss said some of the EMX kids, they don't really, they're not on top of the diet. They're just eating crap and they're still racing pretty well. But to be the best, you got to really have everything in a row, don't you? So that's something you're probably yeah. already doing now, but it's uh, probably got to ease up on the junk food maybe a little bit more than you would like at that age. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lay off the McDonald's and start eating some good food. That's for sure. But no, nah, it's it's good to learn all that stuff. Like over there, I learned a lot. Like even from Stephen Gore, he he helped me a lot with nutrition, and that was like crazy how much that made a difference. And you do, you don't think it would either, which is at this age, you know, you're young and you're like, oh yeah, whatever. If you eat whatever, it doesn't matter. But it, it makes such a big difference and it's cool to learn that at such a young age. Yeah, good stuff, mate. And I guess with the social media side, a lot of people hate it, a lot of people love it. It's kind of a necessary evil in today's world. So how do you sort of approach using it? you find it as a good tool to have and do you enjoy doing things like media, like these podcasts, or do you find them a bit of a burden or would you prefer them doing like we are now and you're sort of not during the racing weekend because you've probably got a lot going on, you just want to focus on yourself, mate. So what's your approach to all that? Yeah, uh, social media. I don't. I'm not really like I'll do it, but I'm I'm not too stressed about it, which is probably not a good thing. But but yeah, and this podcast. I've I've never actually done a podcast before, so uh, it's actually pretty cool. So yeah, I don't mind it. No, nah, you're doing good, mate. It's just good to hear you guys. You know the careers and the challenges and you know, the strengths and weaknesses, you know, you perceive and what you need to work on. They're cool sort of platforms to spread the word about you guys and, you know, what you're doing and your careers because with being an Aussie with MX Vice, it's just sort of bringing the spotlight on Australian motocross, you know, Moto Online and Moto Limited do a good job with just to add another one in the mix, mate, because you guys deserve Mm. the respect and the coverage and the credit, that's for sure. And you're pretty much, I guess, to focus on your program, basically, would you call it a privateer program? So I guess you're getting a cool insight into, you know, doing all the stuff you got to do with the sponsors, building those relationships. And just how important they are to make everything happen because it doesn't happen without the sponsors and I guess a lot of ways the fans as well. Yeah, we've um we've had a lot of support from good friends in Aussie, so which is awesome, and also friends here that have helped us in Aussie, which we couldn't have done it without them, and has helped us so much and been yeah privateer and going over there and getting that experience and trying to make it and it's it's not easy but. No, you got to do what you got to do and get in there is one thing and then the next thing, stay in there. So. Yep. Nah, it's absolutely, mate. It's tough. I think you sound like you're pretty well prepared for the challenge ahead. And just, I guess, have you got any aims or goals for 2024, things you'd like to particularly achieve in, I guess, the Kiwi Series and in Australia? I guess just venturing in that top 10 is a good starting point in MX2 because it's mm. a pretty solid class too, mate. So anything concrete or are you just going to take it as it comes? Uh, I think I think the goal will be start inside the top ten in MX two. That's for sure, in Aussie, and I f- I feel like I can do that now. So start there, and then just every weekend, just improve and try to get bit better every every weekend, and go get used to racing with all these fast boys. But like obviously training with Crawford and them, it'll be it'll be good if I can get back over there and train with them because. Riding with fast guys obviously brings your level up quite a bit. And then in New Zealand, I think I'd just probably be a podium guy every every round, which would be, which would be good, solid. But I'd like to win win the title, that's for sure. But we just try to get, get over this injury first and focus on getting back strong. 
No, mate, it's good. And yeah, definitely thanks for taking the time to join us on this one. And just before we let you go, I'll give you a chance to, you know, tell the fans where they can follow you on social media and shout out and thank anyone you'd like to on this platform, mate, because obviously there's a lot of people that goes into making the program work. So you can have a chance to do that now as well. Yeah. Uh, just my Instagram's Ryan King 110 R I N. Yeah, it's spelled a bit different, but yeah, just thanks to my mum and dad. They've just put everything they've done and my brother. Those are the people that really helped me the most and just all these people, Bubbles and D and Colin Ross, Jeff Lee, just that have got me to the point I am and are helping to get further and all that. So just huge thanks to them. Uh, well said, mate. And before we let you go, we'll just thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, cheers again, Ryan. All the best for the future and the recovery with the injury, and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you. No worries, mate. Have a good one.